On podcast 1809, the poll staff four have got all the details. Tesla cuts prices again and virtual power plants. We're trying a new things. So you know when to expect the show. We go live at 5 p.m. UK. That's midday Eastern every day. Patreon supporters get the episodes, though, as soon as they're ready and ad-free. Be like them by clicking on a link in the show notes. So good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you are in the world. It's EV News Daily, your trusted source of EV information for Wednesday, 19th of April. I'm Martin Lee, and I go through every EV story I can find around the world every day, so you don't have to. Let's start with the introduction of the Polestar 4. It's a coupe SUV, a performance SUV. The Polestar 4 sits somewhere between the 2 and the 3, both in terms of size and price. It'll be uh, cheaper than their bigger SUV, the Polestar 3. It'll be the fastest car they've made to date, though, not to 62 miles an hour in 3.8 seconds with 544 horsepower. Dual motor and single motor options. The single motor will be rear-wheel drive. Uh, The dual-motor version has active suspension, wheel sizes 20 to 22 inches, 102 kilowatt-hour battery. That's beefy. It's juicy. I'll take that, please. 102 kilowatt-hour. Long-range dual-motor version, 560 kilometres WLTP. Long-range single-motor version, 600 kilometres WLTP. Uh, The Polestar 4 will charge pretty fast. Not the best out there, but I'm not going to kick it out of bed at 200 kilowatts DC fast charging and 22 kilowatts AC. Bravo, Polestar. That should be the standard of any premium EV now with an AC onboard charger. They're getting cheaper to install in cars. No reason why we shouldn't have 22 kilowatts AC charging now in premium EVs. Bidirectional charging and vehicle to load. Heat pump comes as standard. Polestar says they got rid of the back window. And they got rid of the back window. Uh, It lets the glass roof widen. That allowed the designers to create an intense visual experience, they say, to compensate for the lack of a rear window uh, and not feel like you're driving, I don't know, a delivery van that's only got wing mirrors. Uh, The um, Polestar 4 is fitted with a roof-mounted rear-view camera and a high-res screen for drivers to see what's behind them. I don't get on with the wing mirrors in the Audi e-tron or the honda e any of those cameras for wing mirrors it doesn't work for me so well but it kind of does though if i'm driving an ev and i can put the rear facing camera like on a tesla uh, we can do it in the hyundai kona that we've got on the central screen that does work maybe it's to do because it's in the middle of the car i don't know maybe i'm just odd that's probably likely they say the lack of a rear window improves safety and that the camera improves a field of vision and they say it was key to reduce drag and offer an immersive experience despite being a performance car polestar 4 highlights recyclability they say in low carbon materials making it better to recycle at the end of its life Uh, first out in china this november and then the rest of the world european us asia pacific 2024 12 cameras on the Polestar 4, one radar, 12 ultrasonics, a suite of sensors, and a dual display, driver's display, and a big 15-inch head-up display as well, with Pilot Pack offering some driver assistance, lane change, etc. Pricing, €60,000 vehicle. So, I can't believe I'm going to say this. That's pretty good for what this car is. I know that £55,000 or about 60000 US dollars equivalent is ridiculously expensive. 
But it, honestly, in terms of pricing, in comparison of what you could get if you're cross-shopping a Model Y, performance, for instance, this is going to be very competitive. Uh, Polestar will also start production of the vehicles in South Carolina next year for US and European markets. Now, until now, Polestar's been exporting their Chinese-made vehicles, and they've been building the Polestar 2 to overseas markets, including... Uh, the US, but Polestar delivered over 50,000 cars worldwide last year, but they want to do 80,000 cars this year, uh, with a lot of those being the Polestar 2s, obviously. They only made a handful of Polestar 1s. And so um, uh, making them in the US will give them access, you would hope, depending on the batteries, to federal tax credit money. That's uh, a big, almost five minutes, actually, uh, maybe four minutes on the Polestar 4. Uh, four on four, there you go. So what do you think of this vehicle? I'd love to hear from you if you've seen some pictures or just uh, from my description. What do you think? Is Polestar a brand that's catching your attention? I'd love to hear from you and get your thoughts. Now, Tesla has slashed prices again with brand new cars starting under £40,000. Sorry, dollars, US dollars. Uh, Tesla has once again lowered the prices of 3 and Y in the US on the eve, just before their Q1 financial results. It's the second time this month, well, in a month, uh, that they've reduced prices in the US. It follows years of steadily increasing prices, but as demand is going down, so say some, the company is reducing prices. Also, those I've been following on Twitter, those people that track inventory. Now, they've got lots of different ways that they do it. Tesla will never officially tell you their inventory levels, but the inventory levels of Teslas in the US have been increasing constantly since the beginning of this year. So rather than cut production, which is what you could do, which is kind of embarrassing for a company that is talking a lot about uh, its growth plan, that it's it's growing 50% year on year. If they start cutting production, that bursts Tesla's whole bubble. And I don't think Tesla want to burst that bubble. So, um, so rather than cut production, they're cutting prices to stimulate demand. You can decide whether you think that's a good idea. I mean, the, the, US, <laughs> the US automotive industry does have form in not wanting to cut production and therefore cutting prices and it's that's not always led to good things and so we'll wait and see how it turns out um meanwhile the model y uh the model three so that now starts lower than 40 grand i mentioned that for the first time three thousand off three thousand dollars off the model three now it's below forty thousand dollars i do think that's a really good price and the model y also went down by three thousand dollars um so uh, the Model Y vehicles are eligible for the $7,500 federal tax credit and Tesla saying, well, we're making more efficiencies and saving costs so that we can do that. But again, they won't possibly say it's because we're seeing um, demand uh, reducing or cratering or, you know, or, or whatever. So I will watch the, the financial results uh, tonight and, um, and report on them tomorrow on the podcast and we'll see how that has gone down. All right, next, Tesla has topped the list for the most recalled cars, Mercedes and Toyota, ranking the lowest. A study by IC Cars indicates Tesla is the brand with the most car recalls, with the Model 3, Y, S and X. I don't know why I haven't given them in the correct order. My apologies. S, 3, X and Y, uh, making up four out of the top five spots for the most recalled models. Any new listeners to the podcast or who don't know are thinking, why is he reading the Tesla cars in a certain order? I'll fill you in later. Uh, following behind Tesla, Porsche had has four of the most recalled models. Uh, Lexus, Mercedes-Benz and Toyota have the least. It was uh, analysed from uh, NHTSA data, NHTSA data uh, 
from 2014 to 2023. And I get that, but the problem I have is that what what is a recall and what's not a recall? And I'm not arguing with anyone who says that Tesla shouldn't have recalls. If it's a serious problem that needs fixing, I believe it should be an official recall, even if it's fixed over the air. But then again, it's different because when you say recalls, you do imagine, oh, so all those cars have got to go back to your Tesla service centers and have something tightened or what. It's not. It's nearly always an over-the-air update. But I do agree with them. I know Tesla fans hate it when I say this, but I agree they should be official recalls because then it's documented. People know to update their software or to ensure that they have it updated. And it's recorded and it's documented. But I don't also believe that you can call a Tesla recall a recall like a Toyota recall, where you know the vehicle is going back to a dealership and it's going to be a right old pain in the backside. So... Let's move on. One more Tesla story to do. And Powerwall owners in California are going to see significant savings after a change to net metering. Tesla announcing that it's Powerwall helping homeowners in California to save more money on electricity bills following changes to the state's net metering rules. The net billing tariff, the NBT, known as NEM 3.0, replaced the previous model of being given credits for sending energy back into the grid with the value of the avoided cost to the utility. The company said that by adding Powerwall batteries with solar panels, homeowners can save 92, up to 92% on their electricity bills. Tesla said that intelligent and customizable software in the Powerwall would help homeowners take advantage of so-called power hours, where credits are 75 times higher than their lowest export prices during the month, resulting in much higher savings. I completely agree in terms of having the ability to feed back into the grid, which I don't have at the minute. So I've got my I've got a solar edge system that doesn't island, if that makes sense. If we have a power cut, and I've not had a power cut in years. I mean, I've had the system over a year, not a power cut. Um, but I go offline. I would love, if I was in an area that had more power cuts or more rural, um, I would certainly love solar edge do make an islanding box that will take you or your house away from the grid. So you're not going to electrocute anyone working on the lines and not feed anything back into the grid it's in the u.s it might be in europe by now if it's you know if it's a few hundred pounds i'd consider it but even then i mean cars these days with vehicle to load all you gotta do is really protect the freezer like don't lose a freezer full of food and apart from that i mean we heat with gas at the minute i'd love a heat pump but i don't know if the investment would ever pay off but that's great so if you can Feedback into, you know, the grid, go offline, sometimes take yourself off the grid, sometimes feed back into it. That, but the power wall gives you that flexibility is what I'm trying to say that my system doesn't uh, without adding an extra box. Then that is really good. OK, coming up on the podcast very soon, new charging stations for New York State. And how many people say their next car might be an EV? We have a new poll. Stick around. Those stories are on the way. Okay, Uh, Gagoro and Anel X, the Italian company, are going to collaborate to create the world's first virtual power plants from battery swap stations. Uh, They're called Go Stations. As part of the partnership, the companies have rolled out 1,300 VPPs, virtual power plants, in Taiwan. 1,200 more expected this summer. Uh, Virtual power plants interact with the power grid in Taiwan. pausing their charging to resupply energy to the grid when local demand exceeds the existing supply. The move marks a new Gagoro revenue stream beyond mobility, and is the first time that this technology has been deployed in the world. 
The head of NLX in Asia and Oceania uh, believes that virtual power plants will play a vital role in the transition to renewable energy and their ability to help stabilise local and nationwide power grids. Exactly what I was saying before about having solar and battery. If you can opt into, you know, a, a scheme whereby you become part of a virtual power plant, maybe your car won't charge or your battery won't charge when the grid is stressed and you can feed back into it uh, to help your neighbours, etc. Then uh, individually we win, but as a collective, as a sum, as a group, um, then we all kind of win when we think in terms of using our EVs and our batteries in new ways, ways that haven't been thought about by many people. I mean, you and I have. Anyway, let's talk about New York State's uh, funding and investing in 250 EV charging stations for municipalities. New York State allocating $8.3 million in funding for 255 new charging stations. 28 of the fast charging stations will be DC, the rest being level 2 AC charging stations. The funding is the Municipal Zero Emission Vehicle Infrastructure Grant Program. Catchy. And a portion of that will be earmarked for EV chargers for fleets as well over the next five years. A new poll is next in the news, indicating that 40% of US drivers are seriously considering an EV for the next vehicle. Uh, Jointly done by the Associated Press here and the University of Chicago's Energy Policy Institute, uh, 40% of adults in the US are considering switching to electric vehicles for their next purchase. Yet many are worried about high sticker prices and a shortage of charging infrastructure. Of the respondents, 4 out of 10 said they were likely to switch to an EV for their next vehicle purchase. 19 said, 19% said a strong possibility of buying an EV. Half said they did not intend to purchase an EV in the foreseeable future. Now, how do you fancy a Range Rover that's all electric or a Land Rover? Some sort of off-road SUV. Well, you can't have one of those yet, but BYD will sell you one. Their premium brand, Yangwang, which, by the way, I mean, they don't need to worry about selling the cars, not in China, and they don't, they've picked their name. But I do think if you were going to sell this brand outside of China, you might not want to call it Yang Wang. Either way, the BYD brand Yang Wang has opened up pre-orders for their off-road U8. Uh, the pre-sales of their first model, the U8, at the Shanghai Auto Show, uh, just over a million RMB. That's about $160,000. This is very, very premium. Uh, the car has 1,000, 1,100 horsepower, 0 to 60 in 3.6 seconds, uh, and yet it's an off-road master, they say, and but very luxurious inside. So whether you ever take this thing off-road, it's like Range Rovers. If you, whether you take your Range Rover off-road or not, it's good to know that the vehicle can do it. It's got all the latest blade battery from BYD, and deliveries begin in September for the Yangwang. It's not a great name, is it? Now, let's talk a little bit about the UK National Trust sites getting new charging stations. Ah, you know, when you walk past a car and you see a National Trust sticker in the window, you know, don't you? You just know what kind of person they are. Uh, If you don't live in the UK and you don't know what I'm talking about, the National Trust, uh, you know, it's a bit like an annual membership to go visit castles at the weekend. Oh, we love a good castle. Well, we've got got all the history, you see. Compared to my American uh, listeners, we hog all the history. Everything over here is old. And so uh, you can, you know, you can be a member of the National Trust and then you go and lovely stately homes at the weekend and go and have a nice cup of tea and a scone or something. Uh, Well, uh, they're adding uh, more charges to National Trust sites. Raw Charging is the company that's going to do it. 
over the next three years. AC destination charges. Good. Some DC points, they say, but mostly AC charges. That, and that is brilliant, because if they're 7 or 11 kilowatt AC chargers, and you know, you're going to go along to some country estate and maybe have a little walk around the gardens for a few hours, AC destination charging is exactly what you need. None of these sites, we used to be National Trust members, um, and... I guess it kind of lapsed during COVID and stuff, and, and, and we haven't signed up again. But we there's a lot of places down here in the south. I'm in Dorset. There's loads of places, you know, Dorset, Hampshire, Somerset, Wiltshire. We were always using our National Trust membership uh, to get in places. It's for the free parking, really, isn't it? And so um, AC charging is just brilliant. They're going to use the ChargePoint CP6000s, and hopefully they can make them yeah, sympathetic to the surroundings. I would think they almost certainly um, will do in terms of where they put them and what they look like, uh, etc., etc. Let's talk about North Volts and Scania unveiling a battery for heavy trucks. Uh, the truck maker Scania and the battery producer North Volt have created an electric battery with a lifetime of 1.5 million kilometres. That's 930,000 miles. Wow. Equivalent to a truck, uh, what it would do uh, for its usable uh, life until you might want to do a battery swap on that. Production is being carried out by the Northvolt factory and the estimated carbon footprint out of the cell at fuel uh, full series production is a third of that uh, of the comparative industry at the moment. And finally, uh, let me just give you a mention on Rolls-Royce debuting its first pure electric car. In China, uh, that would be the... Well, it's not actually called the Spectre. It's called the Shining. Okay. Uh, Rolls-Royce launching the Shining in China at the auto show. It was uh, introduced to the rest of us as the Spectre. Uh, 430 kilowatts of EV power. 4.5 seconds, 0 to 60. Top speed, 250 kilometers an hour. 102 kilowatt hour battery. And it just makes sense for Rolls-Royce and Bentleys and BMW i7s to be electric because these cars, they will be quick and they will be powerful, but they're going to spend their entire time on the French Riviera wafting. And nothing wafts like an EV. You can take your wafty Rolls-Royce everywhere you want to go on the French Riviera and people will just, in pure silence be very impressed. Uh, it's uh, got a double door uh, design uh, that is very eye-catching when we saw this, very elegant interior with little pillows on the seats. You can imagine this Rolls-Royce looks exactly like you think it would look, but it's got all electric power. And that is your podcast for today. Thank you very much for listening. Thanks to our premium partners of the podcast that support, like everybody on Patreon who gets this show on the air. And frankly, they paid the bills. Uh, Phil Roberts of Electric Future, Porsche of the Village of Cincinnati, Audi of Cincinnati East, Volvo Cars of Cincinnati East. Now, I'm going to catch up with Jim from National Car Charging hopefully tomorrow and um, a little road trip with him in the UK. He's flying in and you'll hear that soon on the podcast. Uh, National Car Charging on the US mainland. Aloha Charge the outfit in Hawaii. Uh, Derek Riley from the EV Review Island YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe to his channel and like the videos. Octopus Electric Universe is global public charging made simple with one app and one map and least plan electric moments providing all the tools and guidance EV drivers need. Have a good and see tomorrow and remember there is no such thing as a self-charging hybrid.